0: scuderia f1 the podcast that's always up to speed with the latest formula one news follow us on twitter at scuderia f1 pod and subscribe to the show on itunes and stitcher now here are your hosts mark daly and kevin Laramee. hey everybody what is up welcome to the podcast that is always up to speed with formula one here on the overtime podcasting network Mark Daly here with a very brief wrap up of the events from the qualifying for the European Grand Prix at Baku City, Azerbaijan earlier this morning. And as always, there were things that went on there. It's uh, always an event-filled event, even though we're only into, what, the third year of the Grand Prix at uh, at, at Baku City. Anyways, after it was all said and done, it was another Mercedes front row lockout. Valtteri Bottas on pole with setting a time of 140.495, which is a new track record. Just beating out his uh, teammate, Lewis Hamilton, and Lewis setting a time of 140.554. Then you got second row Sebastian Vettel with a 140.797 and he lines up just in front of Max Verstappen in the Red Bull Honda and Max setting a time of a 141.069. So just to round out the top 10, we've got uh, Sergio Perez and Danny Kvyat, a very interesting row 3 Lando Norris and Antonio Giovinazzi on row 4 and on row 5 we have Kimi Raikkonen and the second Alfa Romeo and Charles Leclerc who did not actually set a time in Q3 because he crashed out. And um, yeah, that was one of the moments I was just talking about. And it, to me, was just looked like a guy just being a little bit too too aggressive, maybe a mistake that uh, a young driver might make. But of course, if you watch the qualifying earlier today, it was uh, an incident just going into the tightest and windiest part of the circuit, just when they go around the old castle at the back. And it was the first, sorry, it was the second incident at that corner today, because Q1 was stopped when we saw Robert Kubica in the Williams have almost an identical moment to to Charles Leclerc. But uh, what happened with, says he cut the corner a little bit too, too tight, went over the curb, and that basically launched him into the um, into the barrier on the other side, uh, bringing a stop to the proceedings and ending his qualifying session. And then fast forward to Q2, and Charles going into that corner just brought a lot of speed, carried too much, locked up the tire, tried to turn in, and I think rather than um, using the little escape road at the end, Charles might have thought he was able to get away with it, so he kept going into the corner, hit the curb, and that pushed him in, and and, well, fortunately, both drivers were uh, both okay, but certainly that was not the, the result that either of them were hoping for, especially um, uh, Charles, who came onto the radio uh, immediately, not only to tell the team that he is okay, but I think he said something to the effect of, I am very stupid. So, Charles, obviously, very disappointed with the... The incident, and well, you know, honestly, with what we've seen at uh, the, uh, uh, the 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 Grand Prix in Baku over the past couple of years, is it doesn't really matter where you start because there's going to be drama, there's going to be safety cars, somebody's going to crash into the wall at some point, and the race order there usually gets turned on its head. So I wouldn't uh, uh, rule Charles Leclerc out of uh, the proceedings tomorrow. Maybe he's got a shot at winning, maybe not. But just considering the turmoil we usually see. Around the circle, there to me, it seems entirely conceivable that uh, Charles has a, le- a legitimate shot, at least for a, a, a podium. So let's just uh, run down the rest of the um, the order for the, uh, the the grid tomorrow morning. Uh, Carlos Sainz in the second uh, McLaren uh, starts off a row six. He lines up uh, beside uh, Danny Ricardo Alexander Albon, and Kevin Magnussen on row seven. Pierre Gasly and Lance Stroll in the second Racing Point uh, Mercedes, and then at the very back, we have Roman Grosjean, Nico Hulkenberg, George Russell, and Robert Kubica. So, of course, the two Williams at the back is no big surprise, but Nico Hulkenberg, P18 to start the race tomorrow. Just a really, really, really big red flag i think if uh you are reno and even uh ricardo not faring all that much better only managing a, a p12 and actually at the end of uh q2 when they were able to get things going obviously the track had cooled the temperatures were different and the times just uh, weren't there and uh, ricardo actually uh, even though he had a shot to, to even try and improve on his time at the at the very end of his lap there even though the session was over just decided to pull into the pits because i guess he must have realized at that point he just wasn't going to um to uh beat the time that he'd set but big big warning signs I think for for Renault uh there there's obviously uh, big problems uh, with the RS9 team they just have not been competitive uh in any of the races so far and uh Danny Ricciardo must be looking well <laughs> maybe, well he's obviously looking up the grid at uh, where his uh, former teammate Max Verstappen is in the Red Bull and uh, and uh, and Pierre Gasly that replaced him and certainly at this point in time the the decision for Danny Ricciardo moving to Renault is a little bit suspect. And um, Nico Hulkenberg has said about the cars is that there was, quote, no love and harmony in the RS-19. And uh, he says that he's just uh, been struggling. And just uh, he said that the feeling of the car underneath me, I haven't had it really had it or felt confident inside the car. And you're always know, fighting the car that's tough on a track like this one. It's so high speed and you're between the walls. And so it's so difficult. And yeah, it is not looking good for Renault, and well, I mean, they're they're obviously in that midfield battle. They're not in a position yet to challenge the big three teams of uh, Ferrari, Mercedes, and and Red Bull. And certainly, I think that's uh, where where they want to be is uh, challenging Red Bull. And at this point in time. Red Bull is actually looking like it was a stroke of genius to switch at uh, or during last year make that decision to switch for um, Honda engines for this year instead of keeping Renault and uh, extending that relationship which for all intents and purposes was probably over a couple of years ago considering all the, uh, the the vitriol and all the the negative comments that were passed back and forth in the media and on TV over the the, the last several years so I'm mostly coming from from Christian Horner very critical about the uh, the engines that uh, Renault were Supplying, but that 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 is the thing, though, right? Like earlier this year, especially into winter, uh, Cyril Abitaboul, the the team principal at Renault, the big boss over there, was saying that they'd made really big gains in in all areas, not just uh, in the engine. They were very positive about the power that they that, that they have in the engine uh, for for this year, saying it's the the most powerful power unit um, that they've built uh, to date in the the, the V six uh, turbo hybrid era of Formula One. So it sounded very promising, and of course, as Kevin and I always say on the show, it's not the gains that you're making yourself. It's, well, how are you really improving in comparison to everyone else? And that uh, was was the $64,000 question. Sure, they might have more power in the engine, and certainly it's looking very good in the, the, the back of the the McLaren. I mean, you're looking at Lando Norris, P7, starting uh, tomorrow in Baku, and he's had uh, an, another good session out there. And uh, Carlos Sainz, a, l- a little bit disappointing for me, I'll be honest. I mean, um, P 11 but considering where McLaren has come from over the past couple of years I think maybe a, a year and a half ago if you said that uh, maybe they had a shot at a P11 to start the race they might be uh, fairly uh, excited about that but well no that that's maybe not fair I think that uh, Fernando uh, had uh, some pretty regular um, qualifying performances in that sort of range but certainly when uh, when Carlos is uh, four places uh, back on his teammate he might be thinking that uh, that he missed out I mean um, uh, Lando's best time in uh, in Q2 was a one forty two eight four, and uh, and uh, Carlos Sainz was a, a one forty two three nine eight, so a little bit slower. And then Lando going even faster in Q3, setting a one forty one point eight eight six. So certainly a, a little bit uh, quicker than his teammate, and he was a lot quicker than his teammate in in, P- in, in Q1, but. Honestly, Q1, I think all you really want to do is just kind of get the uh, get through to Q2, especially if you're one of the contenders. So I don't always put a lot of weight in those uh, first qualifying session times. But again, Mercedes really coming out on top. And I'm, I'm going to call BS on Total Wolf right now because he was saying earlier in the weekend that they have no magic bullets to get on to onto, uh, on pole position here. And they're worried about for, uh, Ferrari and and all this. And something like this comes out of the mouth of somebody at Mercedes at some point in a, in a race weekend and I'll I'll give them credit for being sport er, sporting and classy and and not being gloating but you guys have the best car it may not be the fastest car it may not be the most powerful car but it is I think the W09 the most well-rounded car and it seems to have um, performed well on all the tracks that we've seen so far through the first four races in Australia, in Bahrain, in China, in Baku so far. So we'll wait and see. But uh, the, these comments, where where they seem to be saying, "Well, we're w- worried about fill in the blank uh, over the course of a race weekend," doesn't really seem to uh, hold true. But I, I guess maybe we're we're giving them a little bit uh, of. Uh, uh, extra praise because in in Bahrain, certainly they were second best to Ferrari, and that was a race that uh, that got away from the Scuderia. But uh, certainly in Australia, they were the the class of the field. Uh, they they had no answer. We're sorry, the rest of the, the the teams on the grid had no answer for Valtteri Bottas and uh, and and Lewis Hamilton, uh, Max Verstappen coming a distant third. And if it wasn't for some of the failures that Ferrari made on and off the track uh, in in Bahrain. They uh, they they should have won that race, but then in China again uh, two weeks ago, it was uh, Mercedes was just that much further ahead of everyone. The the, the gap wasn't huge, but it was it, it was enough that they were just at arm's length of everyone else uh, chasing them, and it was just apparent that uh, Ferrari didn't have the pace uh, to keep up with them. Anyways, we'll talk a little bit more and uh, about what happens at uh, qualifying today and some of the the news coming out of uh, Baku and Azerbaijan at the European Grand Prix, and we'll do that after a short break to hear a word from our sponsor. All right, welcome back to Scuderia F1. The podcast is always up to speed with Formula One racing. And let's just uh, talk now a, a little bit about the, uh, the the qualifying again. Of course, it was uh, Valtteri Bottas claiming pole position ahead of his teammate and Sebastian Vettel. And Q3 was quite interesting. Uh, all the cars uh, went out quite late um, in, in the uh, in the evening there in Baku, but that's uh, just the way it went because the, uh, the, the session ran long because of a couple of lengthy delays to make a, a cleanup and uh, repairs to the... The safety barriers because of the accidents of uh, Charles Leclerc and uh, Robert Kubica, and I was actually so quite surprised. The, the The qualifying started here at 6 a.m. Pacific time on the on the west coast of North America. And uh, I'd actually uh, set uh, my, my PVR it, And I wasn't going to get up because, honestly, I didn't check before I went to sleep last night. I just assumed it was going to be about uh, 12. Um, well, I think they're about 12 hours ahead, 11, 12 hours ahead in Baku uh, for where, from where I live. But I did uh, plan just to watch it in the morning. And I thought, well, I actually could have got up and watched this one live. <laughs> but still, I'm glad that I didn't because I was able to fast forward uh, through it. But anyways, the point I'm trying to get at is that by the time that the session was actually coming to an end, it was actually getting kind of dusky the sun was going down, and obviously the track was uh, cooling off and back. Who's not a night race, obviously. And uh, they, they don't have the lighting, and it was getting dark in certain parts of the circuit. And we did see the times, um, we, we did see the, the the cars struggling quite a bit. I mean, um, Valtteri Bottas's Q1 time, it was a 142.026. Compare that to a 140.495 they claim pole position with. So the, the times did get faster, but they did struggle with them uh, a, a little bit as the session went on, and um, Vettel obviously uh, disappointed to, to come out in third, you know, I mean, obviously that's a good position to be in at the start of the race but it could have been a lot better and uh, he was saying that uh, he reckoned the lack of tow from another car in the run to the start finish line was really what made the difference and and cost him the opportunity to claim pole position and it was uh, kind of funny how when they actually went out to make that final uh, run at the end of Q3 it was the Mercedes cars that uh, were waiting at the end of the pit lane and basically let all the other eight cars pass them and go out in front and then Vettel was one of the 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 cars that was um, towards the front of the running order I think he may have just had uh, Antonio Giovinazzi in the uh, Alfa Romeo in front of him anyways he he decided to 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 pass him and I thought well maybe that's not uh, not not a bad thing you know Seb gets out in front he's got all that clean air he's got no traffic he's kind of controls everything in in his own hands but uh, that uh, I guess at the end obviously did cost him because you look at uh, Sebastian's time I mean, he's not really all that far off of the pace. I mean, uh, compared to Bottas, a one forty four nine five was the pole setting time, and he's only just uh, you know a couple uh, hundredths ahead of his teammate Lewis Hamilton with a one forty five five four but uh, Vettel about uh, two and a half tenths of a second behind Uh, he's got a 140.797 seems like a lot of time but maybe that uh, that toe if he just stayed behind Giovinazzi or if he'd he'd stayed out or waited maybe to till the 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 cars in front of him had uh, gone under the track first he could have played it uh, a little bit different but certainly uh, as I was saying uh, just with the unpredictability that happens in in Baku that uh, anything can happen and you know everybody is going to have to keep their nose clean especially in that first lap and if you're back in the middle of the pack or towards the back of the pack it could be uh it can be something but there is a fairly long run in towards uh, turn one and Sebastian and everybody else will have to make sure that they keep their noses clean and, and avoid any accidents or losing a wing or getting their car damaged in any way And it uh, certainly is uh, one of the, well, I mean, all starts in Formula One are are exciting, but they they come down a fairly long run into Turn 1 into a a fairly fast and tight uh, 90-degree left-hand corner, and uh, we'll see what uh, what happens. It uh, usually is a spectacle, and we've seen a lot of uh, incidents at uh, that Turn 1 at uh, Baku over the years, so... Watch it; it's going to be uh, interesting. To, it's going to be fun to watch. Anyways, just going through uh, some of my notes here and some of the the, the notes or the uh, um, uh, some of the uh, the things that have come out. Some of the news is that Red Bull have been summoned to the stewards after a, a fuel flow ale- irregularity or infringement was found on uh, Pierre Gasly's car, and uh, that is. A little bit surprising, but not really, because uh, Pierre Gasly, he actually set one of the uh, uh, fastest times he had the, uh, uh, I think he was fastest in Q2, if I'm not uh, mistaken, and it, made le- it actually made uh, me look up and sit at the time, and he did benefit from a very huge tow from uh, Lance uh, Stroll's uh, racing point, and they did find that uh, Gasly exceeded the maximum uh, allowed fuel mass flow of uh, a <clears throat> Over the course of that uh, that lap, so the uh, the technical delegate uh, referred the matter to the stewards, and uh, they have uh, summoned Gasly and the the team uh, to come uh, for an investigation. So no word on how that's uh, going to, uh, to to play out, uh, but uh, we'll see if that has any uh, repercussions before the start of the race on Sunday morning. Um, uh, just a, a couple last things here. Um, Robert Kubica did mention about his, his track that uh, he's got to take up what he said quote a little more or take a bit more margin, and uh, he's still lacking the confidence uh, with the the FW 42, and of course with the two Williams right at the the, the very back of, of the grid is <clears throat> again just just mind boggling. I mean, you look at uh, Kubica's time in Q one his his fastest time. Of course, he didn't finish the session was uh, was a one forty five point four five five. His teammate. Uh, uh, George Russell set a time of one forty five point oh six two, and compared to um, uh, Valtteri Bottas's uh, pole uh, setting time of one forty point five, basically they're four and a half seconds off the pace here. I mean, um, <laughs> Kubica is basically five seconds off of the pace, but of course that is the difference between uh, Q one and Q three. But uh, that is absolutely um, that's light years in Formula One. There, there, there's no other way to to put it other than that. That is uh, an absolute. Uh, massive deficit and gap between uh, the the Mercedes uh, cars at the front and the Williams Mercedes Powers car at the back so you know that they've got a decent power unit obviously one of the best power units in the back of their car so it's all down to the car itself and I mean most of the time um, Kubica and George Russell are are fairly evenly matched I think when it comes to uh, their their lap times Uh, Russell is a little bit quicker uh, usually by a tenth or so a tenth and a half maybe and uh, that uh, again no, no words. I mean, I know we, we, Kevin and I, we, we've we beat this issue into the, uh, the the ground, but the depths that Williams continues to sink to uh, each and every week it just continues just to boggle the mind and uh, just, uh, I can't shake my head any harder or any longer, or I'm going to do myself some uh, permanent physical damage uh, to, to my body. And then um, Raikkonen, uh, I'll hit, I just want to finish up with a couple of notes here. Raikkonen reckons he got too close to Lam- Hamilton on his uh, Q3 lap, and uh, that, that uh, did go uh, cost him in the end because it was the only run that he made on uh, new tires, and uh, that's uh, a bit of a shame. But uh, Kimi and uh, Giovinazzi, I think, uh, doing very very well. But uh, for me, the uh, again, it is uh, quite amazing to see some of the differences just between the, the the two teams or the or they're different teams, I should say, or two drivers in the same team. I mean, you look at uh, Sergio Perez, uh, who's way up in in, in P five, and you look at his uh, teammate uh, Lance Stroll didn't make it out of uh, Q one again. There. They're they're light years apart, and um, uh, Perez has been on the podium in this race. But you know what? So is Lance Stroll. So they, could, they they've both had some uh, good uh, good uh, outings here in Baku uh, over the years. Uh, and to be that far behind your teammate is absolutely mind blowing. <laughs> Again, you know uh, maybe you're going to be a little bit uh, harder on Lance because you know like us, he's a, a Canadian, and maybe we're always going to maybe pick a little bit too hard on the homeboy when he's not doing well and. Uh, when, uh, you know, our, our fellow countryman is doing well, maybe we're going to be a, a little bit more generous than the, with the praise and uh, deserving. But hey, I guess that's uh, just go how it goes sometimes. But certainly <clears throat> Lance Stroll benefiting from the fact that uh, perhaps he's uh, got a, a father that's able to put him in the position to be in Formula One. And I don't know, just based on what we've seen from over the, the past couple of years, I don't know if uh, Lance would have, uh, you know, would make it into Formula One solely on marriage. It. Anyways, so I hope he can turn it around and, and prove me wrong, but I don't know. We will wait and see. Anyways, guys, that's uh, just a, a quick wrap up of the proceedings here, and I'm just going to leave it right there. Hopefully, if uh, time permits, on Sunday we will get back and do a, a brief race wrap up. If not, we'll be back middle of the week as we always are to discuss uh, whatever's going around in Formula One and all the news. There's always tons of news each and every week after every Grand Prix. And until then, thank you very much for. For listening to the show you can get in touch with me on uh, twitter at scuderia f1 pod or send us an email at scuderiaf f1 pod at gmail.com that's it that's a wrap enjoy the european grand prix and we'll talk to you guys again real soon Thanks for listening to the Scuderia F1 Podcast. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, then head over to scuderiaf1pod.com. Want to get in touch with us? Then email us at scuderiaf1pod at gmail.com.